Welcome to Crypto Art, the show that decodes the world of art created for a new age and traded on the bleeding edge. I wanted to go back to when you were talking about like Etsy and the way that's a platform for sellers. The thing I think is really cool about NFTs as well is that it's like obviously not accessible to everyone in the world because of like technology barriers or, you know, that type of stuff. But it there are no bans on like like Etsy has countries that it doesn't operate in. NFTs Mm. don't or like there's I've read some stuff like um, an artist from Iran who like PayPal doesn't service them. And like they have, so they can't sell their art and through NFTs, they finally been able to make a living off their art. So yeah, like beautiful. Yeah. It's awesome. And so NFTs like might not be, as you've said before, they might not be the solution to everything, but they're the solution to some things. And that's really cool. And that like, I can't like condemn someone for like the environmental cost of that when that's their only option, you know, like it's, it's easy for me to say that here in Arizona, like, Oh, well, you know, it's bad because of X, Y, and Z, but like my reality isn't the same as like every artist's reality. And it's just such Mm -hmm. a big like world and so many like different parts of it to go through and like figure out. Yeah. Just even access to like, the financial institutions to make a transaction like that. Like if you wanted to buy original art from an artist in, uh, in Iran, like how would you, you know, I don't, I don't have an answer to that question. Like uh, go to Iran, I guess. Like uh, that's the closest I could kind of come up with, but that's a, that's really, you know, that's really great to hear that, um, that artists are kind of finding, finding this new market useful and, yeah, like not everybody's coming from a, a first world marketplace where we have all these options to sell and, you know, join our Patreon and all of these other things, right? Like don't necessarily cross these these same borders um, where Ethereum and therefore NFTs in kind of the today uh, anyway, do do cross these barriers and don't have uh, regulations put on them from from, you know, different jurisdictions. You know, I guess um, that's a really great story of like a, the good, the good side of NFTs, but there is a, there is a flip side to this, this coin, I guess, if I can, if I can make a terrible pun, like we found both in our research independently of one another, like these threads of people saying that, Dun, dun, dun. there's like there's this evil there's this evil side of of nfts like and beware you know like i it didn't even take long to find that on like twitter and some of these other spaces like and i think there's probably some wisdom in that but what did you find uh, uh. in, in the, <laughs> the evil side of this equation the biggest one that bothered me is like because like, as I said before, the environmental issue is like the biggest issue for me in it. So I, when I see those things, I'm not like, Oh, they're a hater. It's like, no, that's a good (laughs) point. But the one, (laughs) the one that just like, uh, makes me want to like comment all over things and then be afraid to look at the people who reply to me because 
anxiety is like the whole NFTs are a pyramid scheme one because it's just like uh, they aren't I mean some people think they're a scam (laughs) like sure I guess some (laughs) people like some people think they're a scam because they don't think like a certificate like as a part of art is worth money or you know for any of the issues we talked about and like that's valid but like being a potential scam and being a pyramid scheme are like two totally separate things like you don't yeah. like i could go on a site and mint an nft and then like walk away forever but when well I mean, it would still be there, but, like, I don't need to be connected to it anymore. I could just, like, have it be something living on the internet like my like my MySpace does somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, like, with a pyramid scheme, those are, like, specifically, like, predatory and, like, keep you involved and hooked. And then you have to have other people join in order for you to make money. So then it also, like, makes you part of the predatory system. And it's just... And then there's also the whole, like, there's so many groups, like, Reddit threads, like, everything making fun of, like, MLMs and um, pyramid schemes in general. And so it just comes off as really insulting to be like, oh, like, you like crypto art? Well, that's a pyramid scheme, and I'm smart because I know what a pyramid scheme is, except I don't, because it's not. (laughs) Um, Well, that's a great point. Like, we we don't have an upline for this podcast, right? Like, we don't have people that were like recruiting to do these to do nfts or mint cryptos and we get uh some slice of the royalties or anything like that 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 is just not a structure that we have encountered in our research right like yeah there might be that sounds fairly creative to say it out loud like but i don't think that has come to life like the oh. potential Maybe, but like, yeah, what what do you, what do you oh, think about that? <laughs> I actually did, before we even talked about doing this podcast or like NFTs blew up, I did come across a TikTok where someone was describing what sounded like gifting tables, but it wasn't for NFTs. It was for a quote unquote new cryptocurrency. It, um, I can't even remember the name. And <laughs> honestly, it was something like, like flowers or seeds or something like that. And it was like, Mm. if you join and put like, you know, a hundred dollars in maybe it might've been less. I don't know. Don't quote me or sue me for this, whatever name (laughs) your name is company. But it was like, (laughs) if you give this amount of money um, and like give it and like know that you're supporting other people, like, as part of our system later, you will get like X amount of returns back. And that's what, that's like a super old thing um, that women used to do in, well, Mm -hmm. probably men too, but I learned about it through, it was like women groups who needed to like financially support each other. So they would join these things called gifting tables and it would be like 1500 or a couple thousand to join. And you put that money in And then you find more people to join the gifting tables. And then when Mm -hmm. more people join, you get their money. And Mm -hmm. that is a pyramid scheme and that is a scam. And so there are scammy cryptocurrency or NFT things out there, like TBD or already in existence. But like, that's a bad apple. Well, wait, scratch the bad apple part because they ruined the (laughs) whole bunch. (laughs) 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 But, um, that's just like like there's gonna be scammers in 
any system, but that doesn't mean the whole system is bad. That's just like the scammer in that system. Yeah. And we're kind of like crypto art is kind of inheriting some of the baggage that exists kind of in the pop culture lexicon, whatever about like cryptocurrencies, right? Like a lot of initial coin offerings happened like a couple years ago and like hot take the uh, majority of them turned out to be scams where people just took the initial money and disappeared. And that's not what we're talking about here, right? This is a, this is people making and selling their art and having new tools at their disposal, right? Those, those tools like any technology aren't good or evil. Uh, The people who wield them and make choices about how to wield them are, are what I would consider like potentially evil Um, and, or, or, or good, right? There's, there's a whole lot of things that, like the good side that can come from this, but really it comes down to the, to the people who wield these tools. So we'll keep researching the scam, <laughs> the scam <laughs> uh, potential here. And I'm sure we'll find scams, right? Like, Oh yeah. This, this being like the, the early days for, for this technology, I'm sure there's some people in basements right now cooking up ways to take this technology and like make scams out of it. Um, but to your point, that's really not limited to crypto art or NFTs or even cryptocurrencies, right? This is just something that people do, yeah. um, unfortunately. Well, and like for NFTs, if the scam is cool enough, does that become the art? Cause like Ooh. that, I mean, I'm not saying like go out and get scammed, but like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> there, there was this one I came across where someone, um, it was that whole, like with different platforms and the issue of some NFTs only having links to the artwork. And so mm-hmm. they went on and they changed all the artwork links in their NFT to rugs to like signify like pulling the rug, which is some artist term that I haven't heard before because I'm not high art, but whatever. Um, (laughs) And then some people were commenting like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, where can I buy a rug? Or like, that's like art itself, which I personally wouldn't be too thrilled to like buy something and then get scammed. But it depends on how much money I spent on it. You can scam Mm -hmm. me for like a small amount of money if it's a good story. (laughs) <laughs> well, and this this isn't something that's necessarily limited to crypto art either, right? There was yeah. that that Christie's auction with that Banksy piece that shredded itself, right? And it's just like you just got trolled, right? Like thanks yep. for the money. Um, and by the way, that came with a certificate of authenticity, right? <laughs> like so, that is uh, something where you know Christie's auction house is the utmost credible institution, right? In this in this world and. And this even happens there, right? So artists gonna be artists and um and find ways to uh to get reactions out of people, you know. And I think that this really is occurring to me just now, but this really cuts to the the core of like what is art, right? Like um not that we can really define that in, in the space of this episode. Let's but. define it right now. Hot take. Okay. 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, take. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I like exp- like thinking what is the difference between like art and design. You're like you're yeah. a professional graphic designer, you're also a professional artist, right? So, um we can explore that more as the the podcast unfolds, but where do we land on evil and scams here? What what's your kind of uh perspective on that? Oh, um I mean, on it, like, the amount of brain space I use that thinks about scams, like, I'm, like, more morally upset by, like, scams that take place outside of the NFT <laughs> scare. Like, yeah. especially every time I get a phone call that's, like, or not, or a voicemail because I screen my calls because there's too many robocalls, but they're, like, this Word. is the IRS and you're getting audited unless you send me your bank information and like, you're going to go to jail. And it just makes me really mad. Cause like, I know that there's someone out there or especially older people who like, don't know these scams. And then it just sucks. But for this, I mean, I definitely, I'm not, I'm not like pro scammers or anything like that, but it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's like buying any art, you take a risk. Um, for the people yeah. who are like spending millions on NFTs, and if in a few years they find out it's a scam, like if you have millions to spend on NFTs, I don't really feel bad for you to begin with. <laughs> but like that's part of why we're doing the podcast is to help people avoid scams. So that's like the contribution it, yeah. to help. Yeah. To like educate. I'm curious. And- Sorry. Go <laughs> continue. My bad. Oh, no, it's okay. I was kind of rambling. Uh, I'm curious how like art forgery, like real world, classical art forgery um, will kind of come to life in this space over time. I'm I'm really curious about that. Like, um, you know, my one of my favorite films is F is for fake. um, And that's like an Orson Welles film where he talks about, you know, what is what is art? What is fake art like? Uh, who's the expert if if forgers can fool the experts who's the expert and like really does this really interesting thought experiment and um and it's it's one of my favorite stories and I'm curious to see how that how forgery will come to life here because these are most often jpeg images that we're talking about people people buying and having a certificate that they own the original uh, of that or, or one of the originals, if it's a collection or something like along those lines. So that's something that's very interesting uh, to see how this plays out. But, you know, just like we're, we're not, um, we're not pro scammers or, uh, or really, you know, trying to take some space up here in, in the podcast with, helping people avoid scams that that being part of kind of the the mission here um we're also it's worth noting we're also not pro nft or like pro crypto art or pro cryptocurrency or anti cryptocurrency um we're trying to research and kind of remain neutral here uh with a world that seems really divided with uh people who are like this is changing the world. Like put all your, put all your physical assets in NFTs. And, um, you know, I'm an unbanked person, quote unquote, and all of these things on one side, but the other side is like, this is evil, like pyramid schemes and scams and 
that's ridiculous. Like JPEGs are just pixels and like in a file. And, you know, I think in this, in this podcast, we want to explore both of those uh, perspectives and the third perspective that doesn't exist yet. And, and, and so on over time. So that's something I, I feel strongly about that. We're not necessarily advocating for NFTs or crypto art, just because the name of this podcast is crypto art. Um, that's a neutral subject and that's our plan going forward. Yeah. As I like to say, crypto art, more like crypto fart. Uh, <laughs> you can cut that. I just had to say, it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like we, please don't cut it. Um, we, We've covered a lot uh, already, but I think, you know, just like we talked about a new marketplace and a new ability to kind of trade and there's some the, the history that comes with this, there's some there's some characteristics that's being kind of that the, the technology of blockchain and in this case, Ethereum are adding to the world of art that existed before it and therefore like innovations. There's another one that I, I, I want to talk about and we'll probably explore in more depth um, in the future. But like another benefit here is like royalties, right? Like if, if you sell one of your one of your pots or one of your pieces um, and somebody buys that, like you got that you got that revenue as an exchange, like probably dollars in the United States in exchange for this pot sold over Etsy. Um, not that kind of pot, but one of your <laughs> pots, <laughs> you, you got that. But then let's say I'm your buyer, right? I, I have one of your, your beautiful pots behind me here. Yeah. If I was to, if I was to go and sell that to, you know, our, our producer, Sean Baez, and he bought that from me, you don't get a cut of that, uh, secondary market or tertiary market in the real world, you, you wouldn't get a cut of that or I've sold art in the past and I have no idea where it is. I have no idea who owns it. I have no idea if they've sold it to somebody else, um, potentially for more money because art tends to appreciate or good, good art tends to appreciate. So like the royalties here, right? The, the royalties conversation, like what, what do you think about that as an artist? Uh, the ability to, um, gain some sort of uh of royalties from future sales of your art ongoing like in perpetuity i think it's really cool i have read it's an it's a thing that i want to research more in depth and we'll definitely be covering on like further episodes but it it is like it's not something that happens in every nft like it's something that has to be contracted in and i think from what i understand like different platforms have that I think Rarible has that yeah. for their assets, but then I think other places don't. So that's another thing you have to like make sure what you're doing aligns with what you want. But I think it's really cool. Um, you also have the yeah. choice when you, when you mint it, whether or not oh, you okay. want royalties or not. That was something that wasn't obvious to me. Like is everything royalties? Is there just like a fixed percentage that you choose as the artist oh, uh, cool. seems to be the, the way and yeah that that is something that you're kind of dependent on the platform to implement that uh my understanding is as a smart contract that takes care of making sure 
So this isn't a manual process. This is an automated process that like Lizzie in five years would get, you know, 10% of that, that next generation of sales automatically. So you don't even need to worry about this. And, um, it's just something that kind of happens on the blockchain because of these smart contracts that are built into platforms like Rarible. Uh, so I, I found that to be tremendously interesting, but sorry to interrupt, please. Oh, please no, continue. that's totally fine. Yeah, that's where I was like still kind of unsure. Because the other thing, there's so many different platforms. Like there's the ones you hear about, like OpenSea, Rarible. Um, Nifty Gateway. Yeah, Nifty Gateway. Um, but then there's just like a million other like tiny ones that uh, they might be the next big thing or they might, you know, dissolve away, but they all kind of have their unique way of doing things. Um, that's true, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's up yeah, to I'm the, like... <laughs> it's up to the platform to implement this as part of their, their technology. And that's really, yeah. that's an interesting question on its own. Like, what role does the artist play here? What role does the platform play here? How much of this is just how Ethereum works versus like this particular platform? Like what are the merits of minting through Rarible versus OpenSea, you know, or, um, or Nifty Gateway? Like what, what are the different characteristics and kind of controls and features that they give you the artist or the buyer or the collector um, are, are all totally questions that are up in the air and to make it a little more complicated the rate of innovation here is rapid right like it is is changing a lot they're they're working to improve this space and it's been it's been blowing up so i think there's a lot of momentum behind it that is moving it in that direction yeah and it's also cool to think about like if you go back in the history of art like a lot of the super famous painters that we know today weren't famous when they were living and didn't make a ton of money off their art. Um, but like with NFTs, like even if you're not like making a ton of money off them now, like there is the potential for that future um, for whoever, I mean, you know, decades from now when, whether the artist is like living or dead or who's getting the money, like there is that line and it's hard. Like, yeah, we know like, there's NFTs being sold for millions of dollars right now, but that doesn't mean that the one being sold for like 40 bucks won't blow up like in the future because of what that artist becomes like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is actually, I think the meat and potatoes from, from my perspective, like there's the fringe edge cases of like Elon Musk and Grimes, like selling these, you know, <laughs> selling their art and, um, you mentioned Beeple and kind of the extreme example of, of, of that individual success. Um, but I think that's not the majority of artists and the majority of artists still have opportunities to succeed here. It just may not be next week, right? It, it will see how this plays out over time. Um, especially with the royalties, like I'd be really curious, like, even if the artwork itself is like modestly priced, like reasonably priced, if that if that artwork changes hands fairly frequently, that artist stands to make money on an ongoing basis. And that's something that hasn't really existed, and uh, especially as an automated form. So I, I actually was curious, like, 
does this exist? Is there any precedence for it outside of, you know, this whole like crypto part of, of this conversation? And I was surprised. Uh, I was surprised to find some answers. Um, so France and Italy currently have legislation in place for visual arts resale royalties. And um, that was new information from to, to, to my perspective. How that actually works and how the royalties get distributed is a whole nother question, like logistics wise. And that's where I think, um, you know, it seems like the United States is behind here. We currently don't have any kind of federal legislation that would facilitate the resale royalties of visual arts. Um, although there have been some attempts like proposed legislation in uh, Massachusetts, California, and New York, but those were all largely unsuccessful. And I do think it's kind of an argument that this for it to work would probably need to be at kind of the federal federal level here in the U S but it's um, it's something that even if that legislation exists, like the logistics is a big question of how does that money actually flow back to the artist or the artist's estate if they're passed away or, or something like that. Um, and that's really where these, the, the automation piece of this, the smart contracts like uh, myself or you not needing to worry or rely on an intermediary or some sort of government to provide our royalties or give us that legislation to kind of stand on in court like all that sounds really annoying and expensive and like to have automation facilitate that over time, I think is another win here for artists. Like we don't need to worry about the courts or attorneys or anything like that to get the royalties and have that money kind of flow back to the creator. Yeah. And then even like in the real world, you can sell art under the table or like the black market art or like happens all the time. Yeah. Right? It's, and I guess I am curious about like if you list an NFT on like Rarible and it you put that in the contract about royalties and I've seen some kind of like mixed research on it. So I, I don't really know the answer. I'm kind of just putting it out there. Like can the next owner, are they able to like take that off Rarible or like mess with that contract somehow and like block you out of it? Like that's, or like, if they can't now, can they in the future? Mm. Um, which from my understanding is shouldn't be possible, but I don't know if it actually isn't or not. Um, yeah. My understanding of blockchain is, is that it, it, um, it shouldn't be, I don't know the exact term that they would use, but this is part of the, the kind of beautiful cryptographic, uh, innovation that we can thank Bitcoin and the creator, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, I believe is the, is the creator's name, um, pseudonym and like, yeah, it's, it's, um, I believe it's considered immutable. So it's, uh, the ledger cannot be changed once that block was added to the chain in this case, Ethereum's blockchain. So, um, you would need to really undermine the whole System. The whole system to do something like that, which I, yeah. I have heard smart people propose ways to do that. But I also think that this is where uh, Bitcoin being the first blockchain 
That has a, it, it one. It has a huge target on its back because it's saying, "Hey, you can't, you can't break me. Hey, you can't hack me." And people, engineers, unlike myself, live for that, right? Yeah. Like there are people out here who like try to break things and just really want to watch the world burn, and for no particular reason or financial gain or anything like that. And like, yeah. So crypto art is uh is a really unique and kind of fascinating space to explore and research and try to see like the good the bad uh the ugly the the fungible the non-fungible like um we aren't really looking to take a position here so i'm not going to ask you lizzie what do you what do you think about this like um Although I think you have more of an informed opinion than most people on Twitter or Reddit or something like that. So um, do you have any kind of firm beliefs on this yet? Or, uh, or wh where, do you st where do you stand with, uh, with kind of crypto art space? Like, is it still interesting to you now that you've researched and gone deeper than the average person? Um, and I know you're still informing your opinion. So this, this is perfectly capable Un unlike these these tokens your your opinion can can change over time so what 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 are your thoughts today yeah i'm definitely still interested in it it's like every day i find a new corner of it that i like didn't know existed or was possible like um like land for sale like in this space or like what could be possible with video games or pretty much like everything we have in real life, like somehow moving <laughs> on to the, like that sphere. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have an opinion about whether it's good or bad. I think it's just really too soon to tell. Um, and I definitely, there are people on both sides of it. Usually the people whose opinion I take like the most stock in are ones who like have been in the cryptocurrency scene for a while and have like skepticisms about NFTs because it's like, I don't yeah. know it's kind of easy if someone's like anti-crypto or anti-NFTs, like it just, I like the more balanced takes. So I do kind of gravitate towards like it's good and bad. It's kind of too soon to tell like every, like everyone's opinion of course is, like valid you know you have the right to think it's evil even if you like you don't know much about it but that doesn't mean like i'm just gonna you know be like oh like this person thinks it's Plus evil one. so it is yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah like check mark for evil side like it's mm -hmm. it's just too too soon to tell in my opinion yeah yeah and and with technology kind of as profound and fundamental as this is like time will kind of tell this is going to continue evolving i don't necessarily know that the killer app quote unquote for nfts has really been invented yet um you know we'll interview that person uh who creates that when when we find them or they come to life but you know in the meantime we're going to continue exploring we encourage you to continue exploring be critical about this um Tell us if you spent millions of dollars on a crypto kitty or a moon cat or, um, you know, an original Beeple uh, piece of art. Like, that's super interesting. Um, and we'll continue to see how this space plays out. Right now, 
to me, it certainly feels like a bubble. It certainly feels like Pokemon cards or Beanie Babies or, you know, uh, kind of replace your, you know, choose your, choose your fad. Um, but like, I'm kind of hopeful that that bubble will burst pretty soon and we can get kind of to some level of normalcy here where it doesn't feel like tulips did, you know, <laughs> back, back in the day. Right. It, it, it's certainly a bubble right now. Um, once that bubble bursts, I think we can all actually look at it more balanced and, and figure out, okay, what are the real applications here? Like, is it land? Is it, you know, deeds to land or whatever, whatever the asset class is like, I think once we kind of get past the hype and get that out of our collective system, we can actually look at it for what it is and, uh, and find the ways that it can improve the world. Yeah. And speaking of Pokemon cards and Beanie Babies, I have both of those things in the room I'm in now and they still bring me joy. <laughs> Yes. So that's like a big, like I have my, my first two Beanie Babies I ever had. I kept those, got rid of the excess ones a long time ago. <laughs> but I do still have my binder. It can be a lot. Of, yeah. I, <laughs> I do still have my binder of Pokemon cards, which I, granted, I have no idea what to do with them. But like, they're pretty cool. So. I think so. Yeah. And I also didn't. I, I mean, like- I. I like sparkly holographic uh, you know, Japanese illustrations. I think they're, I think they're awesome, yeah. and uh, and and will be awesome like a hundred years from now. Yeah, and like they might not. I have actually have no idea what they're worth now. Um, but you know, I didn't spend millions on them when I got them. So now, you know, fifteen years later. Or more than that, I guess. Oh, man. Um, (laughs) It's like the thing that is important to me now is like the joy that they bring me or like the memories attached to them. And, you know, I think that that's just because NFTs exist in the digital space doesn't mean that they can't like have those things associated with them, too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And just like people question the value of those things as, you know, investments or call it a bubble or... Um, there are scams and all of those things associated with them, right? They, they, they are a really great model here for, I think what, what we're kind of seeing play out on, on the blockchain, like money, you know, I, I, I love this saying like, um, like it's not all silver and gold, right? Like, like money or value is not all silver and gold. And I think that's another way to define crypto art or NFTs is that, are we actually surprised that people found valuable things that they can also put on the blockchain other than just currency itself? Like I'm, I'm kind of surprised that it didn't happen sooner. Kind of now that we have the perspective of hindsight to say like, of course there are other things that humans find value in. And of course that's useful to keep track of who owns what. Right, like it's kind of obvious in hindsight, and yeah. I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that blockchain is finding other applications other than than currency because that's one of the things that I think takes away some of its credibility. Is like, oh, this is just scams and frauds and stuff. And it's like, well, as we find more applications here over time, um, you know, I, I think that that's that's kind of some some proof on the longevity of these systems. I agree. 
Thank you very much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at CryptoArt underscore show and subscribe and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been Crypto Art, a podcast hosted by Elizabeth Brozak and Zachariah Moreno with original music and production by Sean Baez.